Uh, hey, Phantomorphs, just a quick pre-show note. You might notice here my sound is a little uh, worse than usual. I just spent the last mm, 35 minutes or so trying to figure out why my mic wasn't working, and it turns out the cable it comes with is not very good and has broken. So until I can get a replacement cable, I can't record. Um, so I'm going to try to get to like a Best Buy or something this weekend, but, you know, I, I, I have things. I, I'm a busy guy. Um, also, I'm just very lazy, Jesus. Um, so if I don't, I also placed an order online, but I don't know when that's getting here. It's not, you know, overnight or anything. But when I get a cable, I'll start recording again. Um, but I might miss next week. We'll see. I'll try my best. Uh, so I just want to give you that heads up and enjoy the rest of this episode. Chapter 15 Morphing power is a wonderful tool. It allows Andalites to pass among many different species. It makes us the greatest spies in the galaxy. But it has an awful drawback. You see, if you stay more than two hours in Morph, you stay there forever. You become a Nothlet, an Andalite living out his life in a different body. That was my greatest fear as the hork controllers led me to a maglev train car. The sub commandeered the train car. He ordered everyone else off. I stood there, hopeless, surrounded, as the maglev car shot away from the platform. It wound its way through the maze of ship cradles, through the construction workers who were busy building up the might of the Yurk Empire. The Yurk sub said nothing. He seemed almost bored. He slouched his hork body and watched the passing sights gloomily. I watched him as well as I could with my taxon eyes. A sub is a high rank. I remember that from the basic training classes where they taught us about the Yurk foe. At the top of the Yurk Empire is the Council of Thirteen. One of those thirteen is Emperor, but no one knows which one. It's a closely guarded secret. The Yurks fear assassination. Just below the Council of Thirteen are the Vissers. They are the generals of the Yurk military. They are numbered according to their power and importance. Visser 1 would be the most powerful, on down through Visser 40 or so. A sub is like a colonel, very powerful, especially if he has a low number like seven, but not a visor yet. The sub spoke. So, Andalite, how long have you been in this morph? I had to stop myself from crying aloud. He knew. He knew I was an Andalite. No, wait, maybe he didn't know. Maybe he was trying to trick me. I said. I didn't know what it meant. The taxon body had taxon instincts, but not a taxon's life learning. So I couldn't speak the taxon language. But maybe the subvisor couldn't either. He'd been speaking Gallard so far. The language of interstellar trade and commerce. It was the language many races had learned, back when the galaxy was at peace. It was used to communicate between different species. 
the subvisor looked at me with his slitted Hortbizier eyes. Don't waste that snake speak on me. If you're one of us, you'll be able to speak Gallard. Was this another trap? Could Taxon controllers speak Gallard? Was it even possible for them, with their strange mouths? I didn't know. I had no experience speaking with sounds. And even though I still had the translator chip in my head, it could not interface with my taxon brain. What could I do? The subvisor laughed. So, you want to resist me? Good. I need the entertainment. It's rather dull being in charge of security of this sector. I suppose you're one of the rebels. One of those mountain taxons who refuse to join the Empire. Well, we'll get to the truth quickly enough. Mountain taxons? Rebels? I was so surprised, I temporarily forgot to be terrified. There were still taxons resisting the Yerks? This would be huge news to my people. We'd assumed all the taxons had accepted Yerk rule in exchange for promises of fresh, unusual meats. The train car was riding a hundred feet off the dismal plain now, just getting beyond the outskirts of the spaceport. Through the window, I could actually see the cradled Skritna ship as we zipped past. I hoped Alaron and Arbron had made it there. I hoped they would complete the mission, because it didn't look like I would be there to help them. Then, suddenly, the train car veered sharply left, and I saw a mound, almost a small mountain. It was maybe two or three hundred feet high. Nothing but a slag heap of dirt excavated from the construction of ship cradles, really. But it seethed. There were holes everywhere. Holes the size of a taxon. Taxons were crawling in and out of the holes. Their pulsating warm bodies would slither and wallow into the mound. Others would emerge, seeming to almost blink with their foul red mouths. Rebels are just fresh meat, Subvisor 7 said calmly. But being a taxon, you understand. Any rebels we catch go to feed loyal taxons. It's sad, really but I have no choice. It's one of the idiotic regulations I have to deal with. It's all part of our deal with the taxons. Any suspect taxon is turned over to loyal taxons for interrogation. Of course, taxons don't really interrogate. They don't have the patience for it. They ask one or two questions, then... Well, then it's dinner time. I must have quivered in terror. The subvisor grinned a hork grin. Of course, you could tell me why you're here, and what your mission really is, Undelight. You will still be executed, of course, but I can make it painless, much better than being eaten alive. He did know what I was. He'd been toying with me. He knew I was an Andalite. But I sensed he was telling the truth. I could either confess and demorph, or die the death the taxon controllers would inflict. This is what it had come to. All my hopes of being a great hero. It all ended here, just this quickly. I felt sick down to my bones. How had everything gone so horribly wrong? But I couldn't tell the Yurks anything. The Jahar was still up in orbit. If I confessed, the two humans would be taken by the Yurks. Alaron and Arbron who were probably still free, might be caught too. And there was the time matrix. 
the time matrix sat unnoticed in a Skritna ship, just a mile from where we stood. And that could mean the end of all Andalites. I couldn't talk. I couldn't. The subvisor leaned close to me. He actually whispered, There is one other possibility. This Horkbajer body I use is fine, but there are millions of Horkbajer controllers now. And what are my other choices? To go back to being a Ged? Or to take a taxon body? No thanks. I want to live with that taxon hunger. The train plunged into the taxon hive. Darkness descended. In the darkness, my taxon eyes actually worked better. The subvisor's Horkbajer face was a shattered sparkling of tiny images to my taxon eyes. I could hear his heart beating faster. There is one other possibility, Underlight. There has never been an Underlight controller. None of us have ever succeeded in capturing an Endolite alive. Your warriors use that nasty Endolite blade on themselves rather than be taken alive. He grinned. Such a waste, really. See, I want to be the first to have an Endolite body. With that body, with the Endolite morphing power, I wouldn't remain a subvisor for long. I could be a full visor. An Endolite controller? This yerk scum wanted to take over an Andalite body? I felt a wave of revulsion. A wave of revulsion that seemed to grow out of some deep insight, as if I had caught a glimpse of the future. I wasn't a mystic. I was in the military. But still, I felt a weird, unsettling sensation. I looked at the subvisor. I looked into his greedy, murderous eyes. And it was as if I could see him clearly as if the veil of time was lifted. And I knew then I would not die. Not yet, at least. I knew it deep in my heart. Because I knew that, in looking at this creature, this yerk, I was looking at my true, personal enemy. Let me have that underlight body, he said. You'll live. It's the only way you'll live. My name is Alfangor, yerk, I said. Remember the name. You'll be hearing it again. But you will never take me alive. A pity, the yerk sneered. Stop the car, he yelled to his Horkbajir. Open the door. The maglev train stopped smoothly. The door opened. We were on a track deep inside the taxon hive. There was a large open cavern around us, as if the hive was hollow at its core. And down below, perhaps twenty feet down, there was a seething mass of taxons. See them, the subvisor said. Taxons, not yurks. No, those are taxons in their natural state. Unimproved, you might say. As savage and bloodthirsty as any creature in the galaxy. The taxons below spotted us above them. They raised their eternally hungry red mouths up to gape at us. They knew what was going to happen next. The Horkbajir surrounded me. I wanted to fight, but I had no weapons. There was nothing I could do. Throw him out, the subvisor said. The Horkbajir rushed at me. They pushed my sagging, flaccid flesh. I scrabbled desperately with my rows of cone legs, but it was useless. They rolled and shoved and slid me, helpless, to the door. And then I was falling.
Chapter 16 Falling Demorph! I yelled at myself. Even as I was falling, I was demorphing. If I was going to die, I'd die an Andalite, not some disgusting cannibalistic worm. Boomph! I hit the ground. I hit it hard. The sides of my taxon body burst open from the impact. And in a flash, the other taxons were on me. Demorph! But I couldn't possibly morph quickly enough. Red taxon mouths drew back and rose up high, plunging straight down into my shattered flesh. The pain of the fall had been dulled by sheer shock. But this pain, this pain I felt. I have never known anything so terrible. In my darkest nightmare, I've never even imagined. I screamed. But just as loudly, I screamed, Demorph! It was a race. A race to see whether I would die before I could demorph. Again and again, they ripped at me. But now, my taxon flesh was shrinking away from them. It was changing, becoming some strange, new meat. It would all depend on how the morph happened. If my head emerged too soon, the taxons would simply rip it off. I didn't need my head. I didn't even need my legs. I needed my tail. If any Andalite in all of history needed his tail, I needed mine. Right now! (coughs) The pain was unbearable. I was delirious, unable to even think, to focus, to keep track of what was happening to me. It wasn't going to work. I had been wrong to hope, wrong to imagine I could survive. But then, I felt some distant part of me move, and I sensed a shudder pass through the ravenous taxons. With what was left of my taxon eyes, I saw it appear, all the way at the back end of my taxon body. A bright blade! My tail! I slashed! Missed! But it made the taxons back away, and while they were reconsidering, my legs grew long and strong. The last of my bleeding warm body shrank and hardened, I heard bones growing inside me. And then I could see. I could see again. The taxons came at me, rushing at me, bold with hunger. But now the situation had changed. Oh yes, the situation had definitely changed. I aimed. I slashed. I aimed. I slashed. I aimed. I slashed. Come on, you filthy worms. Come on. Come on. And suddenly, even the taxons had decided they didn't want to eat me. Instead, the taxons I had cut were set upon by the rest. Through my stock eyes, I saw the subvisor and his Horkbisher soldiers looking down and laughing. The cold voice of the subvisor said, Kill him! Shoot the Andalite scum! The Horkbisher soldiers raised their weapons and sighted on me. Dracon beams singed the air above me and melted the dirt at my feet. I couldn't outrun them. I had to hide. But hide where? Oh. I dove back into the taxon feeding frenzy. Their sluggish sloppy bodies pressed in all around me. It was sickening, but it gave me cover. Go in after him, the subvisor ordered. Cut him to pieces! Six huge Hork-Bajir leapt down from the train track, 
There was no way I could defeat six Hork-Bajir warriors. I was exhausted, on the edge of collapse. But there was one last desperate hope. The Kafit bird. Once you do a morph, the DNA stays with you. Once you've morphed a creature, you can morph it again. And I needed wings as much as I'd needed my tail. I squirmed between the huge worms, keeping away from their mouths. Not that they wanted to fight an Andalite right then. And as I felt the taxon flesh pressing in around me, smothering me, but at the same time hiding me from the hork I morphed again. I shrank. I grew smaller and smaller. Fuck you, Taxon Hogren Kalach! The hork yelled in a mix of Galard and the hork language. The Taxons began to pull away, driven back by slashing hork wrists and elbows. I was in the open, a hork standing over me. He was looking right down at me. Had I finished morphing? No time to worry. I would either fly or die. I opened what I hoped were my six pairs of kafit wings. I spread them wide. I flapped hard. And I flew. Up off the ground. Up from the dirt. I flew. I flew inches above the hork I flew over the sub who was now screaming in rage at his soldiers. Shoot it! Shoot it! But the Daxons may be hit, one of the hork protested. I don't really care. Shoot! Shoot! Kill it! Shoot! But it was too late. I was in the air. I raced as fast as my wings would take me, back down the stinking tunnel toward daylight. I saw the brown-gray light ahead, and I flew toward it as if my life depended on it. I exploded from the tunnel into the open with the outraged cries of the sub ringing in my ears. I made it! I cried to no one but myself. I made it! I'm alive! I flew at the Kafit bird's top speed back toward the spaceport. Somewhere back there were Alaron and Arbron. Somewhere back there the Time Matrix still waited to be discovered. There was still a mission and the hope of returning safe and alive to the Jahar. And there was life. Life! Life never felt so sweet as when you've come right up against death. Then I saw it. It was descending the last few feet into a large ship cradle. It was unlike any other craft at the spaceport. Unlike anything any Yurk had ever designed or built. The Jahar! The Jahar was landing! It was impossible! There was no one aboard the Jahar but the two humans. How could it be landing? Why was it landing? I soared as high as I could and saw that Yurks in all shapes and sizes were rushing to meet the amazing ship. They clustered around, many with weapons drawn. Looking back, I saw a maglev train come tearing at top speed from the Taxon Mound. I knew in my heart that Subvisor 7 was on that train. It took several minutes for the docking clamps to be fitted to the alien craft, and more minutes while the Yurks trained every weapon they had on the small ship. The maglev train arrived, slamming carelessly into two slow-moving geds. Out stepped Subvisor 7, he had only four of his original six hork with him. I guess the other two had paid the ultimate price for failing their commander. The hatch of the Jahar appeared. It opened and outstepped a creature no Yurk had ever seen before. It walked on only two legs. It held up its hands and said, Hey, hey, relax. 
You can put down the weapons. I'm not here to fight. I'm here to trade. Chapman. He realized that the Yurks did not understand him. So with his hands, he pretended to be handing them something, and then receiving something from them. Subvisor 7 strutted to meet the alien. He laughed cynically. It wants to trade, he said. This strange creature wants to trade. So, what do you have to trade, alien? Neither Subvisor 7 nor Chapman had understood a word the other had said. And yet, they understood each other perfectly. Chapman kept his hands raised and made a human smile. Then, very slowly, he stepped back into the shadowed interior of the ship. And when he reappeared, he was shoving someone before him. It was Lorraine. She was bound with wire. Chapman pushed her viciously. She fell to the ground before Subvisor 7. That's what I have to trade, Chapman said. A whole planet full of that.